like the angel that I am. Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. Get ready for some awesome. Yep, and you know what else is awesome? Podbean. Your all-in-one podcast hosting, publishing network. They'll take care of you like they take care of me. Podbean. Thank you. That, that, Podbean. Are you trying to be like Paul right now? Yeah, let me, I told you. Podbean. Let me finish with that plug. Podbean. Podbean. The album I hate you. <laughs> anyway, if you're looking to start a podcast, if you got content that you want delivered, Podbean, and they're all in one. They're, they're all in one. Like, they got everything you need. And their new mobile app means you can record directly from your phone, post it right from your phone. Uh, Podbean.com backslash newsworthy for a little bit of a discount. And... They're the way to go. So go to check out Podbean right now. Not I gotta say, you're getting better at this. Thank you. The selling your soul for a <laughs> pot for a bowl of pottage. You know, I'm, I'm impressed at how quick and efficient you are doing it. Well, you know, I don't work at like a mega church, uh, so I've got to do what I can to cut corners so I can afford <laughs> to go on uh, fancy trips like we're going on. What you're you work at a large church? It's not as big. Is it, are you trying to? Are you trying to throw shade by saying that? That sounds like what you're trying to do is say that um, I, the church that I work at is this Joel Olstein like Yeah. Okay. I mean... All right. Now, I see what... Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. We will never use Podbean. That is just... Never. Rude. That is rude. Yeah. And you know well, what? you've offended us. Well, you know what? You've offended us and churches like us all over. You know, Richard if Beck... You use Pod- Richard Beck is thinking about using that for his Bible class, so take that. Hmm. I wonder if he hears what you said about his church that he loves and cares about. I didn't say there's anything wrong with it. I like Highland. I've... Mm-hmm. If... So, speaking of which, uh, Luke, the tyrant that he is, is making us do this on Sunday afternoon, like immediately after preaching two services. Yeah, that's true. We're we're doing this wrap-up when every preacher is a horrible person. <laughs> What's your so, usual Sunday afternoon routine? What are you uh, well, usually doing right we, now? I'm in my office writing a sermon, Yeah, but about to go on study break, so mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm actually... Going on a trip. It's it's like an evangelistic trip. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm going with a, a like well known pagan. A well known pagan? Yeah, well known. That like his paganism is well known. Oh, okay. Not that he's well known. No, gosh, no, he's obscure and hmm. Yeah. Does it make you feel better? What are you doing? Uh, I, I was going on a trip with you. That's what I was doing. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're going on a little trip for our fall series together. Yeah, we're. I, you have this weird thing like you don't want people to know what what's happening. I, I just want to build suspense. I, it's not a weird thing. I think people will forget between now and then exactly what we did when the series starts in the last week in August. Yeah, it's not like you're planning out some kind of eternal memory thing that you're going to do. It's, but it is a small thing and trying to like build excitement for. What we're doing? Well, this will actually be posted. Um, we will while we're where where we're going. I'm, right? I'm going to be. I don't know where you're going to be, so you can build a suspense. I will be on the island of Delphos. Delos. Is that the right name? You, you. I can't believe you. Well, I'm, you just. I didn't say where you were. No, no. We've already established that I'm with the pagan. Well, I didn't know. People might think that you're going to. Honestly, the chances of us staying together the entire time. 
and one of us not getting sick of the more diminutive one is very... <laughs> very I am totally okay with that whole statement. <laughs> I think I think it's very low, yeah. I'm slightly terrified of being on a flight for that long, sitting next to you. I actually uh-huh. have... I started taking, uh, what is it called? Melatonin? Melatonin? Yeah. I took some yeah. last night trying to test it out. I woke up about an hour and a half early this morning, and I was like, well... It's not a good sign. I can't go back to sleep. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad that everybody knows because the people sometimes think that my study break is like vacation. Mm -hmm. And if they know that I was going on a trip with you, they would totally be like, oh, yeah. Bless his heart. You know what this reminded me of? Uh, Jamie Wright, the world's, the very worst worst missionary. missionary. Her her stuff about, um, what did she call them? Uh, like Godcations, but they're counted as mission trips. Tourism poverty. Yeah, exactly. Poverty tourism. Yeah. I kind of. Yeah. I, I kind of don't want her to know about this trip because she might use this as some blog post or something in her book. <laughs> yeah, this is not vacation. I mean, where we're going, it's a hundred degrees. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and uh, we're going to be filming out in the middle of the heat and everything. Yeah. So, hey, have you already got podcasts lined up for July? Uh, yeah, I've got. T- um, are you just basically going to be doing any kind of person on the street that you can pull <laughs> off? And no, I, Whoa, what do you think about God in church? Actually, I've, I've got. Uh, I was supposed to record one on last Wednesday, and first time ever, technical difficulty, couldn't do it. Like the, the guy had a bad internet signal, so I had to uh, push that one back. And um, yeah, there's a couple other. Brian Zahn's got his book that I've been waiting to have him on to talk about that one. And um, James Martin had a new book to come out talking about the Catholic, what is that? Catholic Church and LGBTQ. Um, oh, I, really? Yeah, I'm so I'm, I'm probably going to get one on that. Uh, Zach Hogue has got a book we'll talk about. And um, yeah, so I've got a couple already lined up for next month. Zach, is that the Dexter guy? Exactly, the Dexter guy. And his new yeah. book, uh, The Light is Winning. Remember that line from HBO show, True Detectives? No. Uh, I haven't seen True Detective. I did a seven-minute podcast with him. Half of it was him cutting out. That was really good. So hopefully the next the full one will be... Oh, so he's the guy who had the technical yeah, yeah, difficulties. Yeah, yeah, cool. I bet seven minutes is the ideal <laughs> amount of time for a podcast with you. Well, we've hit the seven-minute mark right now. So I say yeah. let's talk about the uh, the podcast of this month. Uh, so we had Faith Hey Good, the last one from Pepperdine. We had Greg Boyd. Uh, was it Crucifying the Warrior God? We had Sonia Richards-Ross, Chasing Grace. It's like great, the word race is in great. I love that. Yeah, that was great. And then <laughs> our old friend Paul Nevison was back on, talking about his movie. Did it make yeah. you feel better that there was some technical difficulty with Paul and the guy who runs the Hillsong channel? Uh, does it make you feel better about that time that you tried to record it, but you didn't have your headphones plugged in at all? Uh, no, no it, it did give me grace for you with the time that we recorded an entire episode <laughs> and you called back like 10 minutes later and said, we have to do the whole thing over again. Yeah, I don't remember. And it that. was on Christmas vacation. Yeah. It's like, hold on kids, we'll wrap, unwrap the presents later. <laughs> Your Uncle Luke is a jerk. What? So, yeah. there was some grace there. Do they call me Uncle Luke? I kind of like mm. that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, we, we're a very accepting family of how, people who... How many times in this nine days that we'll be together will you refer to people as brother so-and-so? At, at 11, I'm going to start hitting you. 11? Yeah. The, at the number 11 over the course of nine days? Yes. 
So I get 1.2 a day? Yeah. Yeah. Just use them judiciously. Right. Okay, we're... Yeah, okay. Um... Let's start with fate. Okay, but every time you look in the mirror, I'm going to slap you in the face <laughs> after 11 times. <laughs> well played. Deal? Well played. Yeah. Well played. Okay, let's, uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about the one with fate. Um, so we talk about race a lot on that one, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you've ever, do you ever feel this way? Um, sometimes there's a, there's a sentiment that says, especially from the white, the white side, um, not to be, I didn't say the right side. I said the white side. That sounds mm-hmm, yeah. very easy slip of the words there. Uh, from the white side of, let's just, why do we need to keep talking about this? Let's move on. It's in the past. Let's just keep moving forward. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, but I haven't heard that lately. Yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, ever since Black Lives Matter movement maybe changed some stuff and maybe just the, uh, the awareness of you know Ferguson and Baltimore and all these, I, I haven't heard that. And maybe it's just that I'm in Highland. And I don't, you know, there we have enough people who are um, very aware, sensitive to um, that how important this whole discussion and movement is. That I, I, so I, I maybe I'm isolated, but I haven't heard that as yeah, much. That's good. But here's what y'all did that I loved. I, first off, I actually loved the conversation. I thought it was one of your better podcasts, like ever. Um, I, I really thought that was a good one too. I thought, yeah, right. Faked it really good, and yeah, I'd, he's he's super generous. And part of the part of the thing, like, uh, so y'all candidly talked about stereotypes in a way that the only way to honestly break them down is to name them and and like say them. Like, uh, you know, he, he said black people need to know white people love Jesus as much as they do. Mm-hmm. You know that and that was off my radar. That yeah. that would have been thought, or um, what was? What do they think? He, he thinks uh, our black people tend to think white preachers are nice. That yeah. whole interaction that was, great, was great. Yeah. Then he went back and called you nice later. And you're like, <laughs> I don't know. What, are you? Yeah. Yeah. But that was. They're vastly different experiences, and if we don't put them on the table, we'll constantly talk talk right past each other. Yeah, that's right. I think that happens all the time. So it was really fascinating. I wish, I wish there was a part two and three, of of that kind of stuff, just to keep going, go deeper. Because one, I feel like it takes a certain kind of person to be able to look you in the eye um, and say, like, okay, here's the general stereotypes. No, this isn't true, but um, to say it because there's it, there's a little bit of like awkwardness and embarrassment mm-hmm. about that. And it seemed like y'all were able to do that with each other with my friends of color. Um, that's been one of the more helpful things. And I don't hear a lot of public forums where people are able to just say that kind of stuff to each other. Yeah, I think it takes with each other. <clears throat> I think fates of you know willingness to be honest, to be humble, but to be straightforward. I, I don't. I, I'm just super impressed with him, and I thought that conversation mm-hmm. was you know super helpful. And I, I think part of it is that. Like white people don't want to own it, and to own, yeah, there are some stereotypes that we've created that we've earned that we need to that we need to deal with, and there yeah. are deeper problems that we really need to care about, and sometimes we just get stuck on the surface ones. Did yeah. you hear the um, <clears throat> uh, the Bill Maher thing from a couple of weeks ago where he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah,", yeah so, and then did you see who was it? Uh, he had Ice Cube on there. Yeah, Ice Cube, and then got on there and. 
That was great. I, I saw Ice Cube. I think I saw like a, a two minute clip on Twitter about it. I didn't. I didn't watch. I don't watch Bill Maher. I don't really know. I, I get the general gist of who he is. Is he someone who no one probably before that would call him a racist? I would assume. I don't know his work. I, but anyway, so glad. So okay, but here's the thing, and this this is important to nail down. Like no one would call him a racist because he's a liberal, right? Like sin is slipperier than slippery, more slippery than that. Yep. And um, basically, like that, I think that's why he said the N word because he's like, ah, everybody knows I'm a liberal. I'm I'm cool with yep. I'm, whatever whatever it is. And and institutionalized racism is not. I mean, it, it the the poor conservative people that I grew up with had black friends. They had gotten pretty familiar with black friends. You know, yep. it's not. It's not that there's one group of people that really struggles more with racism and another doesn't. The, yeah, th- so the other day, did I tell this on here about being in L.A. and hearing... Did I tell no, you that? Don't. So uh, I'm in L.A. I'm with like a couple black guys, a couple white guys. And um, one of them grew up in the Bible Belt and was talking about... He was telling a story about watching a Klan, a parade, Ku Klux Klan parade, when he was visiting this really small town. And he's a black guy, and he was nervous. And anyway, just we were like, "Oh man, how backward!" and all that. And I kid you not, within three minutes, the same guys were in an Armenian, mostly Armenian neighborhood, and he sees this gang tag where they have, you know, vandalized the church building. And he's like, "God, Armenians are the worst, right?" Hmm. And I was, I, I just said, hey, ha, ha, you guys realize what just happened here, yeah. right? Like, the the racism is not just something they do. Yeah, it's me. You know, the human heart is layered with all kinds of, like, things we hide from ourselves. And so the Bill Meyer thing, I think, is a, a great example yeah. of that. And I love... So, so Gladwell's take on it is that... You get so upset about uh, a liberal comedian using the N-word, and it becomes almost like shadow management. Let's all be outraged about that. Focus all of our attention on one word, which is a word that a white person should never say. And like I, I think as a white person, we've used up our quantity of that word, which was, should have been zero, but we're, we're done with it. And so whatever black people want to do with the word, that's their word, whatever. We're, we're out of that conversation. But he says a word he shouldn't say evil word that has so many layers of, of hate underneath it. But then we focus just on that word and we forget the fact of the other bigger systemic issues of, uh, you know, issues where, you know, you have black kids who are getting shot by cops and you have systemic uh, disproportionate wealth and opportunity and dealing with just the word instead of like the bigger issues almost prevents you from moving past. It's almost like this in, like in... Uh, like youth group Christianity, like the big focus on like, mm. you know, don't say any swear word, don't say any curse words, don't say any of those words. And that almost becomes like a litmus test for good Christianity. It's like, just don't say, sure. when you're upset, say the word crap instead of a different word. And that means you're a good person instead of dealing like with the actual heart issues. Sure. I get that. I think they're connected. More. I, I, is this Malcolm Gladwell's new podcast? The one that he... The uh, no, he was on Bill Simmons' pod, uh, sports podcast. But uh, Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm surprised you would listen. To I have well, listened to. I have sense. listened to both of those that sure, are out. Sure, the yeah, golf huh? course one, and and anyway, whatever. 
If you looked in your notes anyway. for this next series, I sent you a thing about that second podcast as a, ser- a sermon illustration. Moving on. Yeah, if I looked in your notes that make no sense to any actual human being, whatever. there's some Braille involved at some Move point. On. Fate was great. So, it was. Thank you, Fate. Yeah. Um, I think the next one, Greg Boyd. Yeah, it was also a great podcast. I went out and bought the book. Cause really? Both. Both volumes. Are you going to bring it with you on the airplane? I'd like to see you carry that around. Whatever undisclosed um, location we're going to be at. That's right. Uh, I'm, I brought it on Kindle. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a huge book. I'm not going to carry it on an international trip. So you told, we're leaving the country. Clue number two. Mm-hmm. Clue number two. So if you had... Nope. So the issue is, like, how do you deal with the violent text in the Old Testament? And... If you were to compare his work to Greg Boyd, or Greg Boyd to Pete Enns on this issue, don't, don't, yeah. I just got done preaching a minute ago, leave me alone. They, uh, they have two different takes on it, and Greg has been uh, working really hard to ensure a certain understanding of what scripture is, and I think Pete makes a move that doesn't have that same confines. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. That's true. Which... I like how, go ahead. I, I like how seriously I feel like Greg Boyd is taking scripture. You know, they're they're um, it does feel like they are trying to land in the same place, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, have you ever thought of having both of them on? You you tend to invite Pete in on your show to have arguments anyway. Uh yeah, um him and Chris Green. Yeah, that would be Pete and Greg would be great. Arthur on this. versus the Holy Spirit. That was that was a great title. Whoever came up with it. Hi- but I, I think it's. Of your I don't podcast. think it's really fair to say that he's taking it more serious. I think he's holding on to an expectation for what the Bible is that's different. And I, you know, I, tell me what can you can you lay out what that expectation is like that? Yeah, I, I think. If it's in there, it happened or yeah, like I think there's an expectation for what a 21st century person thinks when you read a story like that. And someone had a, uh, a follow-up tweet to the podcast of, like, Greg and Pete were both asked to answer a question. And I think uh, Pete tweeted something about facts are a modern invention. In terms of the expectation for that, the historicity of that event just because they wrote it down didn't mean that it happened in the same way that we would expect it to happen if it was written in a newspaper. Right, and so I don't okay. think you would say that they're taking. If you go the Pete Enns option, that you're taking any less serious, but your filter for what a serious reading of the text looks like is different. Yeah, I, oh, there's some difference there. I, I feel like uh, Greg Boyd is going like the the post liberal route. You know, like where the Word of God is independently. Um, it is the word of God outside of all the historical criticism that we want to put mm-hmm. on it. And um, that I really appreciate. I really like that move because I feel like um, it's indicative of some other moves that weren't that healthy that have happened in Christianity over the last couple hundred years. You know, right, reading Genesis 1 as science because yep. science seems to have won the day. So let's... You know, it's it's things like that. That's what I mean when I say taking scripture seriously and letting it be 
letting it stand on its own and not trying yeah. to... I, I think when you drag Genesis 1 into a science debate, you're bringing it into a fight that it didn't start. And it's right, not a question right. that it's asking. And so if the big issue that I think Greg is trying to deal with is, okay, God is loving in Jesus, Jesus is the best picture of God, then what do we do about these pictures in the Old Testament? Like, that's a, that's a fair question. The violence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was interesting, his thing on Moses is the only one who ever heard that. Yeah. Like, he's throwing shade at Moses. Yeah, he's saying that Moses he... might not have actually represented it. <laughs> at the end of the issue, I think what they're both pointing towards, you know, Enns calls it a cruciform hermeneutic. Um, or, I think that's Boyd's mm-hmm. Anyway, but his point is that, I think his language this. Ends is Christocentric. That's what it is. Ends is cruciform. Yeah. They're both trying to say Jesus is the center of it. And they're not even. Like, the the picture of Jesus is far more important. And it's the center of the story. And these these things happen in an archaic time. And people, whether Moses misunderstood God or Moses wanted God to say something, it's like, why would you deal with the very... The very last line of the, the song. Deal with the, like the course of the song. That's what matters about a song, not the you know one random metaphor that's thrown at the end. Yeah, you have one genocide in the Old Testament, and everybody wants to talk about that. <laughs> no, okay, so I get that, and I'm just kidding for anybody who doesn't get sarcasm, but that or doesn't um, get bad jokes. <laughs> well, if they don't get bad jokes, they're going to hate this podcast already. They're, they've left a long time ago. I set you up ago. for that one. You're welcome. Yeah, so um, I can't even remember what I was going to say. The, the oh yeah, I mean I just I just did this sermon where I talked about Mirsoff Voth and his thing on how Western people misread the Bible often because you know we we flinch at the text of God, you know, ending violence with God's yeah. wrath and. Um, it's partly because Volf says we we are so distant yep. from all all the the truly nasty bits that are going on in the world right now. Um, you know, the first thing about that those texts are they weren't written to people in any kind of life setting like I am. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's the I think the first thing to recognize, and then working out of there like it would have been. The, these are these are people who have been systemically, historically oppressed, and the one who created it all is like has chosen them. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's something to to that that changes a little bit of how you how you read it. And I, I like what both of them are trying to do. I think in a post 9/11 world, it makes sense that we would be asking the very questions that they're asking. You know, does does God ever want you to commit violence? Um, and I don't think the God of Jesus does. So what do you do with yep. these texts? Yeah, I agree. And you made the connection before of, if we're going to... Oh, I forget who it was. But some extremists read the stories of this minority group that's trying to take over the empire... And these are the like the American culture that we tell, like the Star Wars story and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah the and rebels. we always think we're the rebels, but we're the empire, and we're right, the opposite right. side of the story now. And so, different set of questions. Um, 
We're not the slaves. Yeah. So if we were going to, okay. So let me ask you the question. I asked Greg. Um, have you preached the uh, the Jericho story? Crashing down, mar- marching around. Ha- uh, gosh, I I don't think I have. I did maybe yeah. in college. Have you thought about and I did how you would preach it? I would preach it exactly how he said after hearing oh. his answer. God holds up like it's a way of gravity, right? Like if we drop a ball, God lets evil judge evil. He always lets evil judge evil. And in this case, after great patience with the city of Jericho for all their sin, God finally lets them have what yep. they want. I mean, that that I thought was a great answer. By the way, is listening to Greg Boyd, <clears throat> first off, he's so stinking smart. I love how much he loves the Lord and the church. Um, it sounds like you're listening to somebody who had a water faucet stuck on a fire hydrant yes a lot of you energy know? like he is so excited so energetic if, yeah if someone put him and don mclaughlin in the room together <laughs> you just explode there's way too much energy yeah way too much energy. yeah 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 okay let's talk about uh sonia richards ross yeah you kind of went fanboy there didn't you well you know talent respects talent <laughs> <laughs> that that is, <laughs> yeah. So, what was it like getting to meet her? I, I didn't know anything about her, but but ten minutes into it, I was she's like, pretty oh, awesome. Man, she's a well, I mean, deal. in the world of track and yeah. field, I mean, she's a superstar. And so you went to her house. Yeah, she, she lives, lives in Austin. Austin. She went to her and her husband both went to UT, and so they live in Austin. And cool. Um, honestly, the story is we're supposed to meet in my office, and then she texts me uh, and says, "Hey, um, I got a miscommunication. I can't come to the office." And so I called her up and was like. Uh, I said, well, you, I live in Cedar Park. That might be easier. And she goes, yeah, I'll come to your place. Or I said, or I can come to your place. And I called Lindsay and I said, hey, can we have people over? She said, no, I don't want to clean the house. I was like, she's a gold medalist. Yeah, I don't want to clean the house. I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, yeah, so I went over to Sonia's house. <clears throat> she lives outside of Austin. And yeah, super nice, laid back person. Didn't, uh, people, uh, I had a lot of people say, like, hey, when you met Rain Wilson, were you, like, fanboy? Were you, like, nervous, excited? And, like, I was, I was like, really enjoyed the conversation with Rain Wilson, but I never had the fanboy moment. And I might have had a far more fanboyish experience. Because she's, like, a track superstar. Yeah, I am not a track person. That's weird. So, I would have... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people think I am super athletic yeah. because of just the way that... But this is all God. <laughs> This is all just natural. What you're seeing, natural. Did you totally ever have the natural. temptation to use steroids? Um, <laughs> I figured because it'd be just as tempting for for you, like when you're going to one of those big homeschool girls basketball tournaments that you participate in, to get that edge, you know, yeah. to keep it up. You're just always looking for the edge. Mm-hmm. That's right. Gosh, you're so bad. Um, so, what was your favorite part of interviewing her besides being able to say for the rest of your life? You got to see a gold gold medal. Yeah, I was kind of embarrassed that I asked to do that afterwards, but I feel really good about it as well. So it's concurrent embarrassment and pride. Did you put it oh, on? One hundred percent. Did you yes. really? So you've worn a gold gold medal. Yeah, I, exactly. And I said, so for the rest of your life, you can say that. And for the rest of her life, she can say there was this <laughs> really weird, strange guy that came over to my Probably. house and then asked to try on my. Yeah, jewelry. the weird thing is, like, she was just normal and, about it, and I was like, I, I of course. She handed it to me, and I was like, "My goodness, this is, this is really heavy." I don't know if the times that 
Did you ask her like sing the Star Spangled Banner or anything? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't do that at all. So it was the first time that I've ever been uh, sourced or referenced in uh, Glamour Magazine, TMZ, and NBC Sports. They all linked yeah. to the podcast because I think this was the first time she publicly talked about her abortion. And yeah. so I was like, well, that's the Zondervan people called me or emailed me and said, hey, um, I guess you didn't expect this, but you're in TMZ today and the next day it was Glamour. And yeah. Um, Everybody listening, pray for me over the next nine days. He's going to be unbearable. He's going to bring up TMZ, Glamour, and what was the NBC other Sports. But over and over no, again. I would do that. Yes, no. you would. Um, yeah, that would, so you weren't expecting that? Or you well, I mean, I read the book. So I knew th- that was the big issue of the book, I, th- I thought. I mean, she's like, hey, I'm like, her, here's her life story. I'm awesome. I won a lot. I'm the best. She didn't, she wasn't arrogant about it. But like, that's, that's really yeah, who right, she right. is. No, I mean, she, she, right. And, and it, there's a special kind of humility, one that I, I truly believe is to be able to honestly assess these are gifts God mm-hmm. has given me. And, that to say that that's not true is a false. It's like a yeah. false humility. Well, yeah, you know the, what I mean. Like you're you're the fastest woman, and you in can the world. put that on paper and empirically state that it's not like it's not even right, the LeBron right. versus Jordan debate. Like there is literally a test that you can determine who's the fastest, and like there's a matter of factness that I really have run faster than anyone else in this epic race, the four hundred. Yeah, that's true. But she was able to talk about something that was really. Um, like a painful subject for her and there's a lot of grief and there's, yeah. uh, I mean, she's obviously gotten a lot of uh, negativity on social media for, for having an abortion. But I, I think as someone who, Oh, since this yeah, story yeah, broke yeah. or whatever, but I oh, mean, she was so gracious about it. I mean, the, the kind of honesty it takes to share something yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, she didn't have to say, I mean, the book, she she still gets a book yeah, deal. Yeah. She doesn't talk about that. But anyway, I thought it was good. And I, and I thought there was an interesting picture of, so the 08 Olympics, she's already won a, a relay gold in uh, 04. 08, Beijing, she's expected to win, loses. This is right after the abortion. She's so crestfallen because she doesn't win. She wins in 12, and then in 16, she's going to try to repeat. But in the trials in 15, she has that grade two hamstring tear. <clears throat> and watching it, <clears throat> my voice is done after preaching. I can't talk anymore. But after, <clears throat> but after losing in the Olympic trials and I make it back to the Olympics, there's a sense of like graciousness to her. That, I think that's the yeah. kind of character that we all hope to have. But I think that's ultimately what life does is no matter how fast you are, eventually someone's going to beat you. And at some point we all are going to lose. And some have had far more experience losing than others, but eventually we're all going to get there. And I think that's really what life is, learning to embrace defeat. So a great deal of respect for her. And um, Yeah, you said on the podcast you talked about Roars. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, that success after 30 doesn't have anything to teach you. you do you think Roars, yeah. do you think that's that's on? Like at a certain point, success just can't. Yeah. 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 I, uh, well, I mean, ultimately, everybody's life ends with great vulnerability and mm-hmm. failure. Like the medicine didn't work, the treatment didn't work, the you know the dignity that you have. You can die with dignity, which sets up your next podcast. But the there is a sense in which 
all of life is preparing to lay yep. life down. And you can do that. Just uh, I like yep. that way of framing it. Life is practice. You know what? We can work that. that into our fall sermon series. Yeah. Yeah, you think so? When we go to the... You can wear a gold medal, anything to wear a gold yeah. medal on stage. and we could talk about... You really, you should totally try to get a gold yeah, medal. And I know. Could, do you think she would trust you enough to let you loan it to me <laughs> week? No way. No way. I could maybe twist her arm to get her to come for a service, but I don't, she wouldn't want to go to Abilene. Like, why? Ah. Uh, she would, like, she'd like me way better no. than you. Yeah, no. totally. Just be like, he's, my friend's not a tool. You know, like like I am. No. He's not like that. And then maybe there's respect. Listen. Let's talk about Paul. Okay, let's do it. Your friend down from under. down under. Pen pal Paul, as Avery calls him. Pen pal Paul. Uh, <laughs> First off, you're shameless. Have what? you no shame? Trying to work your way into I, a movie. I think that I think there's a part in there. I think the American podcaster yeah. is a little bit more compelling. I think people would connect to that character yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think one person <laughs> would connect to that character a lot. Uh, <laughs> no, this is a story that that uh, you know Paul's been working on for a couple of years, and I'm excited for it to talk about. I think it's just a great. Did you know? Uh, it yeah, I think I, I think he probably first told me about. But no, no, I never heard of it. Have you ever heard of? Did you ever hear the Bali Nine? No, uh, uh-uh. it was. Yeah, it was I, I didn't know anything of it. I remember sitting with my. Uh, so when my dad was out with me in LA and me, my dad, uh, and Paul were all hanging out for a day or two. And I remember my dad going, yeah. And it, it's almost better that he dies in the end for the story. Cause it doesn't become this Pollyanna, <laughs> but like if you disconnect, yeah. like there's an actual person, an actual family an actual connection, yeah, right. the story, I, I don't know. There's too many Pollyanna stories that we in the church seem to elevate is that's the experience if you have god then nothing bad ever happens and uh, obviously i I think everyone would prefer this guy to still be alive but how do you think that story's do you you think that story can connect to people in the states yeah i mean i think it depends on who who acting who's acting in it and how how it's directed but it's got all the raw materials of a great story And yeah, I mean, I was, I was intrigued by by hearing it, and it, it just sounded like one of those. It sounded like a little bit like a unbroken, to different, mm. but you know, just a yeah. Because unbroken cool was this amazing story. story. Uh huh. It's almost too good for fiction. In the same way, like the thing we right, talked about right. in the podcast of they're trying to create this character so that they can get like a hopefully a prominent or, or high quality actor to kind of carry the story of it to not play Andrew but to be the person who kind of yeah. facilitates the the, uh, the progress and it turns out there yeah. actually is that person who already existed and right. they had this male right. reporter character and it turns out there's actually a female character who's done this who's deeply yeah who's Was deeply connected to the story still and um, yeah I think I had to edit out something I said about him on the podcast but that anyway deeply connected the story so i think it should be a good one and um yeah if you want i mean you could send him a headshot and see if you could get that american actor role oh yeah no i mean i've already done my time in hollywood 
I know, I know what it's like, and hmm. uh, that, that city just spit. Send me them back over your out. sizzle reel or whatever it is. <laughs> my sizzle reel, yeah. my line. Uh, here, thank you. Here's your tip. How many times did you screw up that one line? <laughs> uh, well, I screwed it up enough to where I got the main actress to yell the f word at me one time. But that was one time. Well, that's one know. of the things that me and Leslie Bibb have in common. There's been very infuriating moments working with you. Man, TMZ is already hot on this show. <laughs> I don't want to get in. I didn't want to say any names and try to put put her down in particular. Yeah, I know that she's going to be really heartbroken to hear you say that about her. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. All right, Jonathan. <clears throat> It's a good month, man. It was a good month. I loved. I yeah, loved there was a lot podcast. of fun conversations. I was grateful to have them, and um, yeah, you know, one of the ways that you get to hear those conversations is Podbean. Podbean. Oh gosh! For all your podcasting needs, they've taken care of me. They'll take care of you. If you're looking to start a podcast or to further your podcast, talk to my friends over at Podbean. Podbean.com backslash newsworthy. That sounded good, didn't it, Jonathan? Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll um, I'll see. Can I say where I'm going to see you tomorrow? Yes, Philadelphia. You know that's where I was born, Philadelphia. Uh, dude, you say that on the show so much. You say like I'm from Texas, um, and I'm a church pastor in Philadelphia. Those are like your and I, and people think I'm very <laughs> handsome. You tend to work that in too. I've as, never, as I've never can. once said that, nor would I ever say that. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at your your newsworthy with Northworthy picture, and it's just this glamour shot of you. All right. Um, well, Jonathan, thank you so much. I can't wait to spend the next nine days with you in Greece. Oh wait, did I just spoil it there? And. No, yeah, it out. could be like I could be referring what? to like we're in the musical, Greece. <laughs> I, you don't know. They don't, they don't know what I was talking about. Gosh. Oh, with the passion of a I love you too that much. Sons. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.